Well, you can start at verse 3. It says, Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Listen to this, verse 6. Jesus, who are we talking about? Come on, church, who are we talking about? Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey. Jesus, who are we talking about? Jesus. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. This is, this is how and why he's there in the first place. He and his disciples were on a walk, a long walk, from Judea, and they were headed to Galilee, and they're coming through Samaria. And uh, Jesus evidently got so tired from the journey that he, Jesus, had to sit down at the well. And if you read the rest of this, he sent the disciples away into the city to buy food. I don't know why this blesses me. <laughs> I mean, think about you. What happens when you go for a really long walk and you haven't eaten in a long time? Huh? You get tired. Are you with me this morning? Come on, listen to me. You get tired. I get tired. Why? These bodies have some pretty serious limitations. And sometimes we try to push them beyond their limitations. And it's not wise. These bodies need certain things to be sustained. Here's a big revelation. You ready for it? You need sleep. You need sleep. And I mean good sleep. And I mean several hours of sleep. You need that. Your body needs that. Here's another big one. You need food. You got to eat sometimes. You got to eat some good stuff. You got to put some fuel in the tank. Excuse me while I preach to myself here just for a minute. Because I got to hear this too, church. I got to hear this. My wife knows this. Jeremy, you need to eat sometimes, brother. Put some food in your belly. Go to bed on time. These bodies have some limitations. But even God in the flesh had to sit down. Jesus himself got wearied from the journey. And he had to send the disciples away into the city to buy food. That, that says to me, he's like, guys, I can't go another step. I can't go any further. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to get food. You're going to have to bring it back. We'll eat something and then we can go on from there. But you're going to have to go. I, I got to sit here for a while. Jesus himself had to sit by the well. Now, like I said, some amazing things unfolded the whole time he was there. And then by the time the disciples got back, they came to him and said, they brought the food and said, Rabbi, you need to eat. And he said to them, uh, down around, let's see, what verse is this? John chapter 4, down verse 31. It says, in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And therefore the disciples said to one another, did somebody bring him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Are you looking at this? And what else? To finish his work. Jesus was so tired that he couldn't go on another step. So worn out from the journey, he couldn't, he couldn't keep going to the restaurant. He had to get the guys to go get some takeout. 
But yet when they came back, they're looking at him going, did somebody feed him? Evidently, there's a difference in him. Can you see this? Evidently, he's, he's got some more energy. Evidently, he's got some more pep, some more zip, some more zap. He's got some, some excitement about him. And somebody's going, did, did you feed him? Who fed him? Who brought him something to eat? And he said, I got food you don't even know about. And what was that food? My food, he said, is to do the will. Are you listening, church? It's to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. Jesus is saying that doing the will of God has the same, can have the same effect on you that eating a good meal can have when you're hungry. It can put energy on the inside of you. It can put some excitement on the inside of you. It can sustain you in the way, in a similar way that food, the way we need food for these bodies to be sustained, him doing the will of God and, and finishing the work was like him eating a good meal. Doing what God wants done. Let me say it to you like this. Limiting what you do to what God wants done. If you want to finish this year strong and run with momentum into the next one, you might have to limit how many different things you're involved in. Because if doing the will of God has the ability to sustain you, what do you know about doing your own will? Going your own way, doing all your own ideas, making all your own stuff up. If doing His will sustains you, making up your own stuff is going to drain you. And this is one of the big reasons people come to a place in life, whether it's a season like we're in or a prolonged season, and they live constantly and even chronically fatigued. I did a little bit of reading yesterday about what people are now calling chronic fatigue syndrome. We now have something in our culture, a, a disease with a name that can be diagnosed. Chronically fatigued, chronically fatigued syndrome. Chronic fatigue syndrome, listen to this, is a disease characterized by profound fatigue, sleep abnormalities, pain, and other symptoms that are made worse by exertion. The main symptom is fatigue, over six months. It's a, it's a long and a prolonged period of time where somebody is just, all the things we talked about, worn out, worn down, and fatigued. They said the fatigue often worsens with activity, but here's the main thing, it doesn't improve with rest. Now, like I said, we've all got bodies. And from time to time, these bodies need rest. From time to time, these bodies need food. These, these bodies need natural things to sustain us. And if the body's healthy, even when you do get tired, you can bounce back. Even when you maybe are a little worn down or a little worn out, get a little bit of rest, put the right things in, you get some of that energy coming back to you and everything's good. But we're living in a culture that's conditioning us to get to a place where we, where we are beyond 
natural rest's ability to help us. Anybody else seen this? As a matter of fact, there are over 200,000 cases a year just in the United States of people being diagnosed with this chronic fatigue syndrome. And what they're being told is there's no cure. There's no cure for it. They're working on medication for it, but there's no cure. And what it is, is a extended period of time, six months, eight, 10, 12 months longer, where no matter how much rest somebody gets in the natural, they still have no life in them. Folks, I'm not living that way. Are you? No. You have to come to the place in your life where you are done being weak. Every one of us, listen to me, every single one of us have got to come to a place in our lives where we make a conscious and quality decision. I'm done being weak. I'm done. Weak in any area of your life. You have to come to the place where you say, I am done being weak spiritually. I am done being so easily manipulated by the enemy. I'm done being so, so quick to give in to temptation. I'm done being so, so convinced that God is not for me. I'm done questioning the word of God. I'm done being weak in my spirit. You have to come to the place where you are done being weak in your soul. Done being weak emotionally. You've seen it before where somebody is done being weak physically. You ever seen these, these amazing transformation videos? Somebody who's either way overweight or way underweight, and they just come to a place in their life, and they say, I'm done with this. And they start a journey. They start a process where they begin making changes. Now, of course, the process takes time. But I love these videos that condense everything from six months to a year down in just a few minutes. And you can see where they were and where they are. And that started with, didn't start with going to the gym. It didn't start with eating better. It didn't start with seeing a doctor or a nutritionist. It started with this decision. What decision? I'm done being weak. Every one of us have to come to that place. Can you say it out loud? I'm done being weak. Because according to the scriptures, I ought to be strong. I ought to be strong. And the God of all grace is at work in my life, perfecting, establishing, and strengthening me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In uh, Ephesians, let me just read several verses to you. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. He said, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. So here's the big difference between what we were just talking about and somebody going through a physical transformation. Our strength does not come from the outside in. The strength that we're going to run with 
all through the rest of this year and cross over into the new year with is not going to be strength that comes from the outside in. I've told you my story before, but how several years ago, I guess it was six, seven years ago now, the Lord spoke to me. Sarah and I were away on vacation. I was sitting on a hotel balcony reading the Bible. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Jeremy, I want you fit by 40. Remember me telling you about that? And that came out of the book of 2 Timothy, where Paul wrote to Timothy, and he, he talked to him about being fit for the master's use. And I got to tell you, right at that time, I had, I had just gotten into this uh, pretty intense workout. It was a CrossFit thing, and, and man, we were going for it, and I was working out several days a week and working hard and beginning to see some changes. And so when he said, I want you fit by 40, I got to be honest, my first thought was, Okay, well, I got to keep working out, right? And I got to be eating healthy. And I sort of thought on that for a little bit, but then it hit me. God never deals with us about change from the outside in. It's always about change from the inside out. So when you come to the place in your life and you're done being weak, say it again and say it loud, I'm done being weak. Well, that strengthening that you're talking about is not going to be a strength that comes from the outside in. It's going to be a strength that comes from the inside out. Do you see this? He's talking about you being strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. I like the Amplified Bible that says it like this. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened. I like this. Can you see it? And spiritually energized. Come on, somebody give me a woo! Strengthened and spiritually energized. This is what I'm talking to you about. This right here is what I'm talking about running into next year with. Some spiritual energy. To be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your inmost being and personality. Philippians 2.13. He says this, not in your own strength, I said, not in your own strength. It is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. This is the Amplified Classic. Energizing and creating in you the power and desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. This is God at work in you creating in you, energizing in you the will and the desire. See, this is one of the first things we lose when we get tired, is the will and the desire. Yeah, we started the first of the year, and everybody's got their resolutions, and everybody's all pumped up and excited about changes they're going to make. But sometimes those resolutions don't last but a few days, a few weeks maybe. And what happens is people get tired. They get tired, and when you get tired, you lose the will, and you lose the desire. But you and I have this, what I call, an unfair advantage. And the advantage that we have is God in us, working in us, both to will and to do His good pleasure, to desire to do His will. And what did Jesus say? That's like eating a good meal, man. When you begin to do the will of God... It actually energizes you. It actually sustains you. And it's God working in you to will that, to do that, to desire that. There's gotta, there has to be some energy though, right? 
listen to it again. It's not in your own strength, but it's God effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire. Both those words are so important. Energizing you, creating in you power. Somebody say power. Power. Listen to this from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Again, the Amplified Bible. He said, be strong. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. See, when you come to a place at the end of a year like this, and if you've experienced anything like what I talked about I've experienced before, you're kind of tapped out. I've experienced that in our ministry. Man, I experienced it one year in such a, in such a strong way that the Lord really had to get my attention. It was right about this time of year. We had been traveling. We had done a lot of international travel. And man, when we got home, right around about October, November, I was so tired, so exhausted, to the point where we would get the kids in bed at night and I was in our bed just a few minutes after that. But I kept sensing the Lord encouraging me to, to, instead of checking out like I was with television and movies and just taking a brain break all the time, you know, I kept hearing him encourage me, come on, press into my word, press into me, press into me. And I'm sad to say, you know, for a long time I didn't do it. And I won't get into all the details of it, but there came a point right at the end of the year, just days before Christmas, where our daughter, Jessie, got so sick one night that she couldn't breathe. And she was waking herself up in the night, unable to breathe. And here I am trying to speak the word over her and, and pray over her and believe God for miracles and healing in our house. And I just remember having nothing. I don't know if that's the best way to say it or not, but I just remember I could feel how flat the prayer was falling. I could feel the total lack of power in it. The problem was I was empty. Just being so tired, being so fatigued, I was empty. And I hadn't been filling back up. But he's saying you got to draw your strength from him. When you have none left, where do you go to get it? Well, the rest of this world, they, they don't know. They've already said, can't be cured. When you've got none and you live with none, we're just going to slap a label on that and call you chronically fatigued. Okay. And 200,000 people this year got called chronically fatigued. I wonder how many of them just said, okay, that's what I am, chronically fatigued. And I wonder how many times they said it. After it first got told to them, uh, I think what you're dealing with here is uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder how many times between there and the parking lot of the doctor's office they identified as chronically fatigued. I wonder how many times between there and home they out loud identified, well, that's what I've got. That's what I am. That's what I have. And they get home and they tell their spouse, guess what I am? Chronically fatigued. And they go to work the next day. Guess what I am? Chronically fatigued. Yep, no cure. Really? Yep, no cure. I'm tired. Been tired a long time. Gonna be tired. Don't sleep good. Probably never will again. Why? Chronically fatigued. What, you want a t-shirt? What's, what's the deal? 
how quickly people identify with the weakness. And they wear it like a badge and tell everybody they can find and then begin to use it as an excuse. And whatever you use as an excuse, you will have no faith to overcome. Chronically fatigued, chronically fatigued. Well, that's what I am. What are we told to say? Let the weak say, I'm chronically fatigued. No, let the weak say, I'm strong. Well, if you're weak, how can you say you're strong? Well, I'm drawing my strength from a different place. I am empowered through my union with him. I draw my strength from him, that strength which, that strength which his boundless might provides. I'm getting my strength from a different place. Another couple of scriptures here. Look at this. I'll just read them to you. We'll put them on the screen. The psalmist said this in Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Say this next part out loud with me. The, the Lord is the strength of my life. I want you to say it again. The Lord is the strength of my life. This is what you need to be saying. When you feel tapped out, exhausted, beat up, worn out, beat down, tired, what do you need to be saying? Maybe I'm chronically fatigued. No! You need to be saying, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. I'm not my own strength. I'm not my own source of strength. My workout's not the source of my strength. My diet's not the source of my strength. The Lord is the source of my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. Now he goes on in this same psalm to say in verse 13, like so many of us could say, I would have lost heart. Other translations say, I would have fainted. Unless, unless, now here's the big difference, church. Are you listening? This is the big difference between us and the rest of this world. I would have lost heart, fainted, given up, quit, thrown in the towel, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, this is a powerful revelation of what faith is. Because most people are saying, I'm giving up unless I see a difference. Most people are saying, I'm done with this marriage unless I see a difference in them. I'm done with this job unless I see something change on the job. I'm done with this relationship. I'm done. I'm done. Some people are saying, I'm done with living. I'm done with life unless I see some change. That's not what he said. He said, I would have fainted. What does that mean? Tired. I would have lost heart. What's that mean? Giving up, quitting. He said, I would have done that, and I would have done it a long time ago. Unless I had seen a difference? No. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. It wasn't seeing a change that sustained him. It was believing to see it. 
It was a, a faith, a solid faith that says, I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I know what I look and feel like, but I'm believing to see the goodness of the Lord. He said, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said in verse 14, wait, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. It's almost like verse 13's David's testimony. This is what I went through. And he's saying in light of that in verse 14, now he's talking to us, so I'm telling you, wait on the Lord. But we've got a really messed up definition of what it means to wait. You ever heard a Christian say, well, I'm just waiting on God. Just waiting on the Lord. I mean, what's that make it sound like? You're ready, but God's not? Huh. Our understanding of what it means to wait is not at all what the Bible means when it says wait. When David said, wait on the Lord, study these words, and it means look at him. Turn your attention to him. It literally means to look with expectation. And this is what he was saying. What got me through when I was about to lose heart, when I was about to faint? Well, what got me through it was I was believing to see something else. And that's, what's, that's what waiting is. Scriptural waiting is the believing to see. Looking to God in expectation, in expectation of goodness, in expectation of fresh strength. Wait, he said, on the Lord. He will strengthen your heart. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.